Associate Professor of Pharmaceutical Chemistry at the University of California, San Francisco. And uh, I work now in academic drug discovery and chemical biology. I run, I co-direct the Small Molecule Discovery Center at UCSF. And there we have medicinal chemistry, high-throughput screening, fragment-based drug discovery, and we really try to help people identify new molecules for novel targets. And because they're unusual targets, we're often doing really unusual, bespoke kinds of assays. That's a fun aspect. Uh, my background is in biophysics and drug discovery. I started out at Caltech, did my PhD with Jackie Barton in electron transfer, and then um, postdoc to Genentech, and my boss at Genentech, uh, Jim Wells, left Genentech during my postdoc to start Sinise's Pharmaceuticals, so I went and started it with him. And I was there for several years and learned about uh, immunology and protein-protein interactions and cancer drug discovery, and then that's what I do now at UCSF, and my group's particularly interested in challenging targets, so protein-protein interactions, other so-called undruggable targets. Fantastic. And could you please give a brief summary of your talk at the conference? So today I talked about that. Um, <laughs> it was a little bit longer talk, 45-minute talk, so I talked about the how protein-protein um, interactions and inhibiting them have progressed over the last 10 years or so, and then what we're interested in now, which is thinking not just about a protein-protein interaction, but how it fits into a whole network and modulating networks in disease and trying to remodulate them back to a healthy state. And uh, we're looking at a protein called P97, which is an ATPase that makes a number of protein-protein interactions. And so we and others have hypothesized that one of the problems in certain disease states is that P97 is making too much of some interactions, too little of others, and that gives you an overall imbalance in protein homeostasis. Fantastic. And so far, what has been your highlight of the conference? Well, I really, uh, there have been a few talks I really enjoyed. This morning, for example, uh, talking right before me and then right after me, right before me, uh, was uh, Susanna Mueller-Knopp talking about the Structural Genomics Consortium and a new approach that they have and um, looking at kinase profiling. And just their approach of very open access, working with pharma, building trust and multicultural, multi-level collaborations. Thanks, really, an inspiring approach that Europe's doing a good job of. U.S. is uh, doing it differently, and um, but I really am inspired by the European approach. And then on the uh, talking right after me was uh, Nancy. <laughs> excuse me. Nancy uh, is the associate director at Spark, which is more of a pre-commercialization collaboration consulting group at Stanford University, and so they have a very IP-centric, commercialization-centric approach to working with academics, um, but also really inspiring, really trying to get things to patients faster and validate targets faster. So I like that working together is the common theme, and then there are a lot of different ways to go about it. Fantastic. So where do you see the field of academic drug discovery within the next few years? I think drug discovery, I mean, I think that just sort of highlights something that's of interest, that um, academic drug discovery, such as it is, has been around for maybe 15 years, maybe 10 years, and you see it going through these phases. At first it was screening is something that can be done in academics, and technology has gotten cheap enough and small enough that academics can build screening centers. And then... Uh, 
it was realizing that there are a lot of artifacts and figuring out how to validate, and now it's realizing that you have to do chemistry. And so we were one of the early sites to really have good medicinal chemistry, and I think that helped us a lot. Uh, and now the current thread that you hear about is um, more bespoke biology, so really working with phenotypic target, uh, phenotypic assays, and primary cells, and whole organisms, and stem cells. And so now you see pharma's doing these things. It's, it's ironic because in a way they're the technology, they have all this money for technology, but they're a little risk averse. And so you see these things now starting in academics. Uh, a lot of the innovation is coming from academic centers. So I think that's an interesting approach to see how that will affect collaborations in the future. Thank you for listening to this MCN Talks podcast from MedChemNet. For more podcasts, as well as to read exclusive interviews, journal articles, and news, please visit www.medchemnet.com.